Hooray Run Podcast, episode 14. Episode 13 was all the way back on October 31st. I'm aware it's January 16th. Where the heck have I been? It's been too long. There's been a hiatus. And to ease my way back into this podcasting craft, I asked Tyler Brinks, aka T-Dot, to join me on the line to discuss some of the crazy track world records starting with the men. We're focusing on middle to long distance races. Again, this episode will focus on the men's world records, 800, 1500, mile, 3K, and 3K steeple. Hopefully in a follow-up episode, we can get to the men's 5K, men's 10K, and then jump off the track and discuss the half marathon and marathon world records. And then in episodes 16 and 17, focus on the women's world records why are we doing this i don't really know it's mid-january and ty and i just got an itch to talk these world records do some research beforehand shoot the breeze and we've had plenty of these conversations on how crazy fast these times are on several different runs and car rides just hanging out and we thought it'd be cool to put it on a podcast and get your mind going too on how insane and hall of fame worthy these performances were and we hope you learn a thing or two from the talk enjoy it of course and have some of your own personal predictions on how long these records are going to last which is most vulnerable which is the safest so this is hooray run podcast episode 14 james rogers right here your host having t dot tyler brinks on the line before we get started as always, my friend Mikey, a.k.a. Meeks Palmer on SoundCloud. Mikey, you got to drop that beat for us. Are you ready to do this, Brinks? I'm ready. Let's do it. We're going to start with the 800. Again, we're going 800 to 1500 to mile to 3K to steeple. Hopefully in a follow-up episode, we can find another hour or so to go after the 5K, 10K, half marathon and marathon world records. But for this episode, we're going with these outdoor events. And they're all world records, even if you combine indoor-outdoor. The outdoor times are fastest. So we're going to go 800 brinks. Sure. David Rudisha, the greatest of all time in the half mile. 140.91 from 2012 London Olympic Games. Mm-hmm. Do you remember where you were when you watched this race? You know, I got to say, I didn't watch it live. I watched it as a recording probably, or later that day on ESPN or NBC after, you know, watching some other event. I know that I was in Hilton Head, South Carolina at a Marriott hotel on the beach (laughs) during that Olympics. A lot of fun. I was in Saginaw, Michigan, watching with my dad in our basement. And once the field of eight all crossed the line, I kind of – took a breath and I was like, "Is was that the greatest 800 meter race top to bottom in the history of track? Because I saw the time Rudisha posted sub 141 has never been done. And then I see Nick Simmons and Dwayne Solomon 
the Americans hustling in under 143, what I thought, you know, I was waiting for official time, but I was like, did, did Solomon and Simmons just go under 143? What in the world is going on here? And I got yeah. chills and I'm jumping up. Radish was cracked 141. He's 23 years old at the time. And I knew from the get-go because, and even the commentator said, you know, this is rapid. There is smoke off the heels. And when they came through 400, it was sub-50, well under 50. Yeah. 49-28 opening 400 for Radisha. Yeah. What do you take away from the highlight when you watch it that day on the beach or when you're back in your cottage, wherever you were, Hilton Head? What are you thinking when you watch that highlight? I just remember running the 800 meters in high school. I was I would have been going into my senior year of high school. I mean, you feel like you're going fast if you run 205, or I mean, I ran, I think I ran two flat my junior year. Mm-hmm. You think that's fast, and then you drop 20 seconds off that. And of course, we're talking about world records, greatest Olympic champion. You know, it's a long way from high school track in Commerce, Michigan. But nonetheless, you go on a 24-6 in the first 200. <laughs> and, I mean, there's, I'll say, like, nobody's ever looked more comfortable running than Rudisha did in that 800. That whole first lap, the whole, honestly, especially the back stretch on the second lap, it's just phenomenal. He looks so strong, so effortless. I mean, his stride is like, it's just the perfect stride. It is. You know, it's just so strong. Just effortless until maybe the last, like, 40 meters, you know? Yep. He is just, he's just pumping. It's it's something that everybody should copy, you know? I look at his second 400, and he went 51.63. And, again, we compare our high school days, our division three days to this Olympic stage and these world-class athletes, but it's still fun when you have PRs of your own and you can compare. And I just remember gassing myself to go sub 57 in some workouts for the Mm -hmm. 400. And I ran a fair share of four by fours. And yes, I did break 56 in those and Mm -hmm. got under 54, maybe 53. I don't have an official, in my mind PR for my 400 but yeah. still to think that 5163 off of a 4928 it's just it's mind-boggling and all these records all the records we're going to talk about in these episodes are just they are insane to us let alone people who a might not care about these times and b have no track background just we're going to shoot it straight these times are nuts and as our friend zach zanbergen would say stupid fast stupid, stupid fast. fast yeah so he comes back in a 51.63 to go 140.9 yeah. again as i said a few times first ever and only ever still to go under 141 and 800 and then the yeah. two americans i mentioned in that race solomon and simmons at the time they became the second and third fastest americans ever respectively Yep. Solomon 142.82, Simmons 142.95, and if it weren't for the young up-and-comer Rio bronze medalist in the 800, Clayton Murphy of the USA, <laughs> who went 142.93, just edge Simmons yeah, PR yep. in Rio, um, we'd still be looking at the second and third fastest guys 
America's produced from one race. Yeah. And Johnny Gray still has that American record Mm -hmm. and doing some research before this. Gray actually has the three fastest 800s ever by an American. And then Mm -hmm. goes Solomon, Murphy, Simmons. And again, Solomon and Simmons times from this London race. And and Brinks, I'm going to keep going because as I read more and I hear more immediately after that race in 2012, I hear that second place finisher is 18 years old and the bronze medalist is 17. Yeah. It's just one of those rewatchable races every yeah. day, just taking in the commentary, taking in Rudisha's world record, taking in the youth of the other two medalists. And Rudisha was still just 23. Yeah. But you look at 18 years old flying in for the silver, 17 years old for the bronze, and then the two Americans in the top five. Just ridiculous. Yeah. And it's always funny to think. I mean, Nigel Amos trains. He's had a good career. He's continued to train hard. He trains with the Oregon Track Club now. And, you know, as an 18-year-old from Botswana, you juxtapose him and Rudisha. And it's just, it's funny, you know, mm-hmm. like Amos has some of the worst form in professional <laughs> track and field, let alone to be an Olympic silver medalist. Shouldn't it be like a super elite athlete having right. just the jankiest form for, you know, and then again, juxtaposed with Rudisha, who has impeccable form, you know, he's, he's the model for running form. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just funny to watch. And they really, I mean, all things considered, not too far off one another, you know? Yeah. Amos is tied for ninth fastest time ever in the 800. Mm-hmm. Rudika just eight-tenths of a second faster than, than Amos. <laughs> it's wild. And you look at the final results, eight guys in the final, and fifth place is a sub-143 by Simmons. Mm-hmm gnarly top to bottom and when they show the close-up images and video footage of Rudisha striding it out in this race like you said it's just so angelic and it does not look like he's going at a sub 50 pace for the first four let alone under 51.7 for the second 400 but yeah. somehow with that stride of his he's taller usually the tallest competitor in his races and the stride, like you said, is there a better stride in running? Yeah. He came back and took gold in a really good Rio race, too, in 2016. As I Absolutely. mentioned earlier, Murphy taking the bronze for America in sub-143. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to close with this. I can go on and on about Radisha. He's the greatest of all time, bar none, in the 800. I'm saying it. He's got 11 of the 18 fastest 800s ever. Whoa. Whoa is right, man. Any final words on Rudisha in this 140.91? You just got to hope he keeps running hard and keeps... I mean, you'd love to see him in a race where they break it again. Mm-hmm. You know, and he's a little bit older now. You're looking at six years out in this August from that race. He's 29. Mm-hmm. You got to think that maybe his the speed that he's got is a little bit less than what he had then. It seems like 23 and 27 are prime shape for um, an, an 800-meter runner, but you still he's got some good years in him and see some rematches. You, I mean, you want to see him and Murphy 
toe the line when they're all when they're in their best shape. Yep. And there are still some studs out there right now. Amos still kicking. Well, who was our so Mohammed Aman was up there. He was yep. he won in twenty thirteen when Rudisha was out. Yep. He won in uh where was that? I mean in Beijing, right, for the world championships. Yep. Thirteen. Yeah. When uh Simmons was uh silver. That's right. Right. Yeah. So eight hundred T dot Clayton Murphy, does he get the American record in the eight hundred? And if you say yes, within how many years? I think it's hard to say he gets it this year. Ooh, you I'm already oh, okay. I don't I don't think he gets it this year. I think he does get it eventually, but I think he needs a couple of years. Uh I think I mean I, I wouldn't rule it out for for 2019 a champ, world championship year yep. world the 800 i think is the fastest world championship race or olympic race you know it's other races are much more tactical the 800 rarely is yep so i mean that's that's where murphy murphy ran his fastest you know, the time that just nudged uh simmons out of the top three americans um you know i think that's where you get the the best kick and the best competition for the 800 is the world championship. So I could see 2019 or 2020, uh, Murphy breaks the American record. The American record of 142.60 by Johnny Gray. He's .33 off that. And again, you might say .33. What is he, 22? He's got this, but still, it's an 800. Taking off that amount of time is something so absolutely we're keeping our eye on murphy going forward obviously he's one of america's best let's move to the 1500 and we get to hickam el garouge all righty the best 1500 miler of all time i'm using of all time quite a bit but if we're talking world records that's going to be thrown around yep (laughs) 326 flat brinks Okay, this one hasn't been touched for a long time. We're not. looking at 1998 El Garouge yep. set this 326 flat in Rome. The Moroccan, just a beast. I was telling you in the pre-call that he had. We're gonna get to the mile right after this. We can even combine these two: the 1500 and the mile. Yeah, El Garouge has seven of the nine fastest fifteen hundred meters ever. Yes, and seven of the nine fastest miles ever. Yeah. So just search Hickam El Garouge and learn more about this guy. Watch some mm-hmm. videos. He's got a beautiful stride himself. Yes. And this fifteen hundred. Watching the grainy video on YouTube, you see that he's got a great pacemaking crew. Noah Nyan, who is going to be discussed in the mile discussion here because he ran incredible that night. Noah Nyan yep. of Kenya was one of Garouge's pacers in this 326 world record. Mm-hmm. Does incredible work for Hickam. Hickam offer, has to give Noah Nyan so much credit for a few of these quicker times that he posted yeah. in his career. But this video, I, I know they had a malfunction with the time graphics so you're watching it and 
you're kind of wondering like where are the splits where's the time like they usually yeah. have the time graphic in the bottom right or wherever and then the broadcasters are like we got to go down to steve cram on the infield track side <laughs> part of that race yeah and so they That's do this like flying graphic of steve cram yeah. one of the better middle distance runners of all time himself he's reporting track side and it ends up being a world record that has been standing now. It's going to go on 20 years. I know. And Steve Cram has to take over the call in the final 100. It's just bizarre. It is it's, bizarre. It's one to watch again because the commentator, the lead commentator, play-by-play guy, just throws it down to Cram with about 100 to go. And Cram just takes over the call I because know. the time clock is not showing for the viewers. And, uh-huh. and Cram, you know, he... You can tell he's thrilled. He's holding it in a bit because first he says 327, and then he looks at the clock again. He's, no, 326 flat. Yeah. Um, El Garouge, though, 53-2 on the final lap there. Just blows away the, the rest of the field yeah. who finished. The second place was nearly 331. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. 326. I remember walking into a Nike factory store and – in the running section, they have some of these fastest times just like plastered on the wall. And mm. just, I remember one time walking in a Nike store and reflecting on that time. I think I was in my early days of hope going on some road trip to Wisconsin and just hopeful in the 1500. And I just kind of get humiliated when I see these times. <laughs> it's ridiculous. So 326 is, um, again, conversions, Say what you will, but it's it's right around his world record of three forty three one three in the mile. Yeah, if you're converting up from the fifteen hundred. Um, what do you take away from this fifteen hundred? What's the what stands out to you on the YouTube video and some of the articles you read? For me, he just had massive acceleration, just a huge spurt at three hundred meters to go. That's really where he like solidified that this was going to be the world record race for me. You know, he he and the pacemakers, Noah Nyan, like we said, they separate. You know, they're and Noah Nyan drops out at twelve hundred, but then at three hundred meters to go, he just turns on the gas, or yeah. I guess yeah, just turns on the gas and long loping stride isn't super muscular then i mean he is he's firm but like he he looks really lean um i think i noticed less lean than just a year later in rome again when he broke the mile record yep but just an incredible acceleration with 300 meters to go and just really didn't didn't tone it down he just kept powering through he was a master of the lean that i Notice a few of these guys, they didn't have fantastic leans, but El Garouge did. Um, you know, I think some of the other world records, they, they get a second or not a second, but, you know, they get a few tenths or a few hundreds better off that record if they lean into it. Right. Finish all the way out through the stride. Thinking of some of the steeple records that we'll talk about. But El Garouge is just incredible. His run from... Like ninety six to oh four. Oh yeah. my gosh. You don't want to see him next to you on the line. Oh yeah. Fifteen hundred mile or five K. Yeah, his five K is incredible too. We'll have to talk about him. He doesn't have the world record, but he's beaten the world record holder and you know, more mm-hmm. than once. So 
he was 23 years old at the time of this 1500 world record. Mm-hmm. And fourth place in that race was Daniel Komen, who has the 3K insane record that we'll get to in a minute here. But Komen of Kenya was fourth in that race in 331.10. Again, just a Hall of Fame performance by the best smiler of all time. And watching the video too, it's a pathetic crowd. The Rome Stadium is... Yeah. I don't even know if you can say a fourth field. There's so many shots when they're panning wide. Empty, empty. As my friend Tyler Valasevic would say, looks like it's dressed like a bleacher night. Everyone's just <laughs> <laughs> blending in with the bleachers. But no, it's just a very sparse crowd. Pockets of people here and there. I think they get one good shot at the end where they kind of zoom in on the crowd at the home stretch or near the start finish. And it looks like there's a raucous crowd. But no, it's you just really wish... It was in front of a packed house, and unfortunately, this 326 flat was in front in front of not too many. Just so many more people could have seen this in person, and that makes me kind of sad. Yeah, that's true. Because you, I mean, you got races like Monaco or Paris or Zurich, and those are all famous tracks. They get hype tracks, yeah. and they're packed stadiums now. But mm-hmm. I don't know what it was in '98 in Rome that <laughs> nobody really cared. <laughs> for some some reason they didn't make it out to the track that day but they missed it they missed the big one 1500 record Grouge 1998 yeah we've seen Asbel Kiprop of Kenya get close I mean he got went close yeah 326-69 Monaco 2015 Diamond League meet mm-hmm. and you look at this all-time list and it's just littered with El Grouge everywhere but you see Bernard Lagat gets in there 326-34 when he was still of Kenyan citizenship, 2001. Yep. And then this Kiprop most recently, 2015. There's been a lot of quick 1500s put up in Monaco in the last five years. But Brink's like, other than Kiprop in his sub-327, how long do we think 326 flat is going to stand there? Whew. At the top. I mean, Kiprop's time gives you hope, and you just... And people have to understand how many stars have to align in terms of competition, weather, what time of year it is. Mm -hmm. So much goes into having a perfect condition, perfectly executed race where taking down records like these... I mean, it just it's difficult. And Kiprop sniffs it, but still over a half second away. Mm-hmm. This definitely goes into year 20, I'm saying, of standing. So 2018, when July rolls around, I'm sure yeah. El Garouge will still be the king of the 15. I just don't see anyone on the scene right now that can break it. No. You know? I mean, Kiprop got close, but this is... That's coming up on three years ago. It's two and a half now. Mm-hmm. And Kiprop's not... At least hasn't been in the same shape that he was in 2015. You know, he, he was coming off injury last year, didn't perform as well in the World Championships. But, I don't know, I don't see Kiprop doing it. And, no. I mean, you got Elijah Manningoy, who, you know, was the World Championship, or won the World Championship last year. Um, 
remind me who was behind him or um timothy uh chariot right yeah and they were and uh quemoy was down there mm-hmm. i mean they were three studs pretty much all better than kiprop last year uh you know maybe you know that's the new kenyan that's the new guard in kenya but mm-hmm. i mean we'll have to wait and see they're still a ways off manangoy's got the best time with 328.8 so that's a pretty big pr it's it almost in a lap you know right so he, he was born in 93 still mm-hmm. has some youth to him certain solid years ahead in the 1500 yeah. mile manangoy that is and then chariot yeah. with the second and only sub 330 of 2017 yeah. again it's not it's not two sub 328s you know those are only yeah. two sub 330s last year yeah and the record is 326 flat yeah and chris chavez of si he has his pod Sidious mag and he's interviewed andrew weeding and alan webb in the last two episodes and both guys 330 1500 meter guys webb might be 331 i'll have to check that mm-hmm. but they just they had great conversations especially webb's pod where he's just kind of puts it out there like do you know how fast 330 is and they're trying to break it down and explain to the listener just how tough it is and how again like how many things have to align to go 330 even if you're of the talent of a web or an andrew weeding who had a crazy 1500 and he admits that race when he went 330 was was nuts and he i don't think he ran faster than 334 the rest of his career so again just shooting out of a canyon having everything line up to Mm -hmm. your favor yeah i mean you look at the all-time list and there's been there's actually been 100 right around 100 sub 330s not 100 guys but straight Mm -hmm. up 100 sub 330s run again you just look at man and goy going three Twenty-eight eight, as you said, as the fastest last year. Yeah. And again, two point eight seconds might not seem like a ton, but I'm telling you right now, that's yeah. At that, that's a lot. At, that at that speed, it's a lot. Mm-hmm. It is. It sure yeah, is. We'll I mean, Jerry, it's even younger than Manningoy. I mean, both yeah. are, or at least Manningoy is coming up on the same age that El Garouge was when he broke the record. Mm-hmm. Chariot's still two years younger than he than Manangoy is. Yep. Maybe some potential. But at least right now I'm holding on to I'm betting on El Garouge for another maybe five years or something. I am too. And I'm going with that bet into the mile here too. Yeah. El Garouge is three forty three one three, which yeah. is held since nineteen ninety nine, also from Rome. A year older, he was 24 when he said it. Um, he has seven of the nine fastest miles. And I think Eugene, you know, the pre-classic, am I correct, Brinks, is usually the best international mile we have? Yeah, for the mile, for sure. Yeah, 1500 is different, but for the mile race, best is in the United States, eh, Eugene. Still churning out a fair number of sub 350s but oh yeah like sub 350 is (laughs) matt centrowitz the rio olympic gold medalist in the 15 
hundred has yet to go sub three fifty. It's just a barrier that has happened many times, but it's not easy. And then you have to get three forty three one three to see the top of the list here. And again, yeah. Algarouge is just littered throughout yeah. the top mile times. And I think this is telling Jim. I mean, we just talked about there have only been a hundred sub three thirty. 1500 meter races it's little it's 101 okay it, not 100 people but 101 times it's 330 has been broken mm-hmm. <laughs> i'm looking at the list now i didn't i mean i didn't really look into 350 as much but we're at 151 times 350 has been broken and they run the mile far fewer times than they run the 1500 meters yes so 350 is tough it's doable it's not you know Every year you get guys who are running it in Eugene. Um, let's see what the fastest time in Eugene is. Who ran it? Um, Silas Kiplagat in 2014. Okay. He ran 347.88. Right. <laughs> um, That's still amazing. Still away. Still a second per lap away from El Garouge. Yeah, El Garouge. Average is quicker than 56 seconds a lap. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. Another fun, rewatchable YouTube video, the world record mile, because, again, I mentioned his name earlier, but Noah Nyan, mm-hmm. second in that mile race in Rome, and pushed El Garouge almost to the line. Oh, yeah. Nyan he, went, he came in within, like, probably half a yard, half a meter, on the you know in the last fifty or forty meters of that race, and well, then Al had enough strength to pull away, but but not by much. I mean, no, he just moved it back to a yard, a yard and a half, and then. But both of those guys broke the previous world record. Yeah, and, almost, and Noah Nyan almost did it by, yeah. by a full second. He almost did so, it by a full second. Yeah, I guarantee if Noah Nyan's not in that race, Brinks, we have a different mile world record right now. Oh, I think yeah. I think Garouge still goes sub three forty four, but three forty three thirteen is all thanks to Nyan's push. Oh, he yeah. just wouldn't let Hickam go away. Yeah, Nyan goes three forty three forty. That's one of the great trivia questions because um, people just think three forty three thirteen. He had to be far and away clear of the pack, but yeah. no, the second fastest ever mile is from the same race. They destroyed the field too. <clears throat> Good pacing done in that race. Um, and Nyan, he wasn't anything to ignore at the time either. No, late nineties, early two thousands. Yeah. This man took down El Garouge at the two thousand games, the Summer Olympics. Took away El Garouge's gold medal hopes. Yeah, and has produced quite a resume in terms of PRs and he's got a great IAAF page to mm-hmm. to scour to. Yeah. Really. He's incredible too. It's too bad his career was cut short with that car accident in four. Yeah. Yeah. Late 2001 had a terrible wreck and that was right yeah. when he was entering his prime days, yeah. prime stuff to say when he's gone three forty, three forty. But still, yeah. what what could have been with Noah Nyan is one of the great questions in track history. Yeah, the year after setting career best in the eight hundred and and in the 
1,500. He only ran 228 only. It's fourth fastest all time. 228-12. Ty meant to say 328-12. Second fastest all time in the mile. And then he wins the Olympics. 343-13. Again, that's going to go on 20 years here soon. I don't see that no. being broken in the foreseeable future, honestly. I get excited when I see the sub-350s, but they're not even threatening. El Gru is just 343. And, and Jim, while we're talking about sub-350 miles, and you had mentioned Alan Webb on the Sidious Mag podcast. Yeah. I was uh, looking through uh, the Sweat Elite Instagram page. They, uh, I don't know, they a little bit newer site, but they post a lot of workouts from, um, you know, some of the the world's best in track and field. And last last summer, um, or at, last March rather, I guess, mm-hmm. they had posted back to back posts of El Garouge's race pace workout and the workout that Alan Webb did just before he ran 346, as posted by SWAT Elite. So Alan Webb, before he ran 346, he did 8 by 400 with two minutes rest, average of 53.7 with his last, last 451.5. Oh, <laughs> So that's pretty wild. That's wild. And all within three weeks, I think Webb recently talked about this. He talked about he was never great at altitude, but he found uh, kind of his sweet spot was uh, weightlifting. Mm-hmm. He had a good period periodized weight training plan. And once he started to taper from that, he could really, if he hit the sweet spot, he could really taper well and run some fast times and and in 2007 we ran 346 it really did that that was when he ran his 330 then he ran 143.8 in the 800 all within three weeks oh golly those those are right all that's when he's running 8 by 400 closing in 51.5 now that workout in itself is phenomenal it is and I'm looking at El Garouge, this doesn't say before he ran 326 or before he ran 343. Mm. This is just a common race pace workout for El Garouge. Oh, no, I'm scared to hear this. And he does 10 Mm. by 400, Mm -hmm. and he runs between 53 and 54 seconds. (laughs) But while Alan Webb has two minutes rest, El Garouge has... 30 seconds rest. What? 30 seconds. If people don't understand that, that's seriously crossing the line of a rep, kind of putting your hands on your knees, taking two breaths, and coach being like, yo, we got to toe the line. Yeah. It's 30 second rest in a workout. We've done it before, Brinks. It's it's a snap of the finger. It's a blink of an eye. You're back on the line. There's, It's almost continuous. Yeah. So to hear he goes 10 by, or he went 10 by in 53 to 55? Yeah. Did it say what he closed in? It doesn't say what he closed in. It's just average oh. pace of 53 or 54. Seriously. Rest. That's like crossing the line, high-fiving the coach, and going at it again. 
crossing yeah. the line, shooting a snot rocket, going at it. You don't even have time to like adjust your laces, let alone change from flats to spikes. That is thirty seconds is nothing. And for Alan Webb, I mean, it's saying he's ran. He ran fifty three seven for his average, and so this. I mean, that's the same. It just says he closed in fifty one five. You know, I don't know what El Garouge would close in in a regular workout or an exceptional race pace workout. I'm not sure what he closes in, but it's just an average workout. I mean, that's that is insane. That's, I mean, like, and yet, additionally, you're coming up. I mean. 5,000 meters is 12 and a half laps. And so he's running 4,000 meters, 10 laps, 400 meters, 400 meters each. And he's running 53 and 54 seconds. <laughs> Add on another K, even like a second slow. I mean, that's 3K world record pace, but for 5K. Well, with only 30 seconds rest. I mean, that's it's bonkers. It's a different kind of zone. You just- it is. Does he even know he's doing that at the time? It's just, I, it's incomprehensible. It is. And Sweat Elite has got some interesting stuff on El Garouge, and I think, at least for people our age, I'd say, like, we're going out of our way to watch El Garouge, but it's like us comparing, like, Jordan to LeBron, you know? Like, we didn't really get to watch Jordan compete. So, mm-hmm. I mean, they're different players. You, that's a whole other debate that we don't have to go into. But we didn't see Jordan play in his prime. You know, we're watching LeBron day in and day out. We're seeing him on the top 10 on ESPN, you know, every other night. You know, we just didn't get to watch Jordan play. Sure. We get to see the highlights, and we have to, like, find what other people curate for us to watch. But we didn't get to see him live. Right. You know, we watch LeBron, like, in real time. We can't watch El Garouge in real time. We can watch Mo Farah. We can watch Kiprop. We can watch... You know, Rudisha even, but we can't watch El Garouge. So I think it's really helpful that Sweat Elite is like, you know, showing us a little bit of what El Garouge did. And, you know, it's it, that workout that I just mentioned. And Sweat Elite says he did the majority of his training at five, 310 kilometer, 506 mile pace. That was like in between interval workouts. <laughs> and he would do most of his aerobic runs aerobic runs jim 30 to 60 minutes at between 250 kilometer 434 mile pace and 310 kilometer so 506 mile it's like going out for what i'd call a training run yeah a training run just a normal training run and he's running 434 mile pace which i mean we don't have to talk about elliot Kachogi and his marathon pace but it's not too far from that but that's another podcast it's another pod but still that's incredible training i mean that i mean training at such an intense pace like that for aerobic runs allows you to understand a little bit more mm-hmm. why he can run 53 to 54 seconds with 30 seconds rest you know right. like he's just so much more efficient at a pace that's like if he was if he couldn't run 53 to 54 second pace i don't think I think a lot of, you know, actually scientists, physiologists would agree. If he was running even six-minute pace for all of his training runs, which is fast, but I don't think, like, he's not as efficient at, at faster speed. So I don't. I think 53, 54 seconds would be significantly, significantly harder for him to run. You yeah. know, and people don't do it, but he was, I mean, people don't want to run the world record doing that, mm-hmm. you know? No. Yeah. It's hard to say what, like, Centrowitz or Nick Willis do for all of their training runs. 
they post a lot of their stuff that they're doing. They post a lot of workouts. You know, you have Centro doing similar eight by four hundred workouts. They only closing in fifty seconds or fifty one seconds. Yeah, but you don't see his training, his average training pace, and yeah, it's that's just insanely fast. But it just makes him so much more efficient, or at least capable of going at you know mid fifties for four hundred or for six hundred meters and not really working up nearly as much of a sweat as anybody else would have. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that speed is in an otherworldly tier. Yeah. I'd like to see what he could do for like a hundred meters, you know? I know. Oh you can break down these fifteen yeah. hundred and mile records into the hundreds yeah. and that's even insane breaking it down like that. And just knowing that for each of these races he's got to be ready to go at an average of 151 to 152 per 800. Yeah. <laughs> and a lot of some of these Olympic and championship races, you got to be ready off a dawdling opening pace to close in sub 150, maybe 148 for the last 800. And Rio, when we saw Centro win gold, he closes that in a low 50, 50 point low. Yeah. It's just, you have to be ready to turn the switch on like that in these insane workouts need to be done mm-hmm. that's true sheesh yeah it was crazy to see what garouche did for the world record when you know he's going out and like 56 seconds for the first 400 meters and coming back in 152 for 800 and you know he did then he just maintains that pace you know then he comes back in 247 at 1200 you know, or yes, like that stuff's wild. It is forty-seven with, and not two two forty-seven uh, at the bell. So not at twelve hundred meters, but he's got four hundred meters to go, <laughs> four hundred meters to go, at, and he's at two forty-seven. Let's move it to the three K here. Three K. Let's do it. That's been standing. Since 1996. So it's the oldest of the records we're covering in this episode. Mm-hmm. 3,000 meters straight up. 720.67 brinks. This is a time that I have to triple check every time I look at it. <laughs> because part of my mind still thinks like, I don't know why it tells me like 726 is the record. And then I see a near sub 720 and I just... You shake your head and you say, okay, it's been since 96 and mm-hmm. I don't see this one going down ever. And so I posed the question to you in the lead up to this pod that we were each going to choose like our most unbreakable. I'm just unbreakable of the pods of the records discussed here. And I'm just going to get it out right now. The 7267 by Daniel Komen in 1996 yeah. in Italy. Yeah. is my most unbreakable. It's 356-mile pace. It was mm-hmm. in Rieti. He was 20 years old at the time. Yeah. <laughs> 355 first mile, 453 through 2K. Uh, sub-2, last 800. Like, what? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Seven twenty six seven three k. I've seen this on message boards and other discussions that people agree with me in saying this is out of even if we had the 5k 10k 
and some road races like this 3k time is gonna stand the longest what are your thoughts i think it's hard to disagree we just talked about how Pickram Algarouge and his 1500 and mile records are going to be hard to beat. We just mentioned that Algarouge won the 5,000 meters at the Olympics 2004, mm-hmm. you know, the future world record holder, Kennedy Sebekele, in that same race. And Algarouge himself, <laughs> like two and a half seconds behind Komen for this record. Yep. Again, not like it's kind of an off time. They don't run 3K that often, but still, like, that's really fast. <laughs> it was, it and, broke It broke the previous world record by over four and a half seconds. Yeah. Yeah. Which that just doesn't really happen with world records. No. <laughs> to break a previous world record by four and a half seconds. Mm-hmm. And yeah, go ahead, Jim. One thing that I've just certainly been brought to light looking at all these records in the past, you know, couple days. The '90s were a fast decade. It was. The '90s were crazy. That era. And you know, you can argue about that because it's not a secret that there was blood doping and EPO and steroid use in that era, you know, in that decade, you you see a lot of races, a lot of women's records from that time are questioned pretty aggressively. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, they're under pretty intense scrutiny. A lot of, you know, Chinese government and their athletic organizations, you know, it seemed like that was more of a state sponsored thing. You have Russia in there. Oh yeah. You know, pretty not to widespread, not yeah, pretty widespread, not to otherwise and, and highlight those two countries, but like they're, you know, they're in the, I don't have the women's mile or women's fifteen hundred, but I remember watching after Dababa ran the women's world record a couple of summers ago. Mm-hmm. That I just remember looking and having, you know, eight or nine Chinese women in the and that top ten for the mile, the fifteen hundred, and it was like, wait, I've never seen a Chinese woman finish you know in top three in the olympics or world championships or run an insanely fast time or be competitive with the dababo or you know like a jesse simpson uh, you know i haven't seen that yep and so that caught my eye but and so you could you could bring that same argument to men's men's athletics i know people do and but nonetheless so many of these world records are from the 90s and that's Indeed. or you know, if you wanted to say from like 1995 to 2005 or 2006 that's a that's a, a decade that was had i think i think all of the world records that, except for rudisha that we're talking about today were run in that decade right 95 to 05 because you got saif shaheen in the steeple in 2004 yep um that pushes it back a little bit and then you looked at 2012 with rudisha but Right. Well, let's be clear here. We're not discussing these records without the knowledge of these widespread doping allegations. Yeah. And El Garouge is a guy who gets criticism left and right online. He never failed a drug test, but there's vitriol aimed in his direction and sure. questions about 
I mean, he's got seven of the nine fastest fifteen hundreds in my fifteen hundreds. Yeah. In the world, and same with the mile, and a yeah. lot of success on world stages. So there's questions clearly, and and I I raised to you in our lead up conversation that he looks significantly more physically mature in 1999 at Rome when he runs the mile world record than just a year prior mm-hmm. when he runs the 1500 meter world record. Yep. You know, I mean, you, you know, in the mid twenties, men are maturing still and, you know, he's filling out, but nonetheless, it was, you know, that's just a great, you know, that's a big jump. It's not, and I mean, I won't, I won't even say a big jump cause he's running world record one year, world record another year, but mm-hmm. his, physique and to me looked you know pretty egregiously thin in 98 and then seems a little bit more stocky in 99 no yeah it catches your attention for sure yeah and absolutely. You, you look at the ages of these guys too when they set these records and again i'm not gonna now put the gavel down and say these guys are all dirty because they're not yeah. they've all each passed yeah. every drug test to our knowledge yeah. And there have been bans put on other males and females in track and field. A lot of them have yep. been stripped away, metal stripped away, suspensions. And But these, Radisha, El Garouge, Komen, Shaheen, all to our knowledge, and if we go by legality, these mm-hmm. are legal records. Yeah. They were clean so, at the time. But I, I do look at the ages. I look at yeah. young El Garouge. 23 24 you know we have some guys in their early 30s now running prs in the 1500 in the mile yeah and then coleman was 20 when he ran the 7267 and you just think of him at like even 26 still young like what could he have done or what should he have done shaheen shaheen in the steeple 75363 he was 21 years old when he set the record yeah it's intriguing. Yeah, certainly. And, you know, it's often discussed that in Kenya, people don't get a birth certificate right when, you know, they're born. So sometimes yes. age is our guesswork a little bit. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. That's a great point there. You know, so is he 20 exactly? Maybe not. Maybe he is. I mean, and you hear, you see that on both sides. There are some people who will, who don't want to be accused of being older than they are. They, like aim to they like say or you know they don't want to be like oh you're younger than what your age is or you're older than what your age is so they intentionally do the opposite and mm-hmm. uh, you know that's not uncommon either um sure but nonetheless a little bit of guesswork regardless i don't care how old you are you ran 220 six seven <laughs> and that's two and a half seconds faster than one of the fastest men alive so yeah. <laughs> i'm applauding you daniel coleman i watched your race <laughs> You were incredible. <laughs> I don't care about age. Be however old you are. Sure. I mean, I hope you're clean, but nonetheless, it was fun to watch. It's a message to you, Daniel Coleman, from yeah. Tyler T. Outbreaks. Exactly. And another thing, we talked about Rome. We talked about have you know, talked about what Ty Val would say that it was dressed like a dressed like the bleachers night. Yes. Daniel Coleman and Rietti Italy. Rieti, Italy. Yeah. Not the ideal track you'd expect to run a world record on. Sure. But Rudisha did it in 2010. <laughs> yeah, Rieti's, Rieti's produced some 
quick, yeah. quick times. All time times. Yeah. And as far as I know, I'll look this up. Um, it's not on the Diamond League circuit. It doesn't host any meets anymore. So is Tyler Brinks now questioning the distance of Rietti's track? <laughs> <laughs> That's not what I'm doing, but I am impressed that a small crowd like that, and I don't know what the rest of Rietti is like. Gotta but believe, like, ideal conditions weather-wise, right? I would assume, yeah. I mean, I'm sure it's great weather. I'm looking, so, oh, yeah. In 2010 was when Rudisha broke the world record first, his first world record in the 800. Mm-hmm. This is just an IAAF article from August 27, 2010, and it was Rietti's 40th anniversary. And it was the IAAF World Challenge. But as far as I know, not a ton. 2015 IAAF World Challenge circuit, September, ends in Rieti. Um, looks like McLuffy ran here. Yeah. But really, not a... Not the track you'd expect. We got to go to Rieti, Brinks. What's that? We got to go to Rieti. Yeah, we should. We should. We got to run on their track too. I mean, I know. They, you know, pre-meet or something. We're not racing Rieti, but we got to go check it out. Maybe we do a time trial the day before the meet starts. Whatever meet is hosted there, and just see if uh, our times compare or if we're four percent faster on Rieti's track. We'll go in knowing what kind of shape we're in. Yeah. I'm not saying I would set a PR by any means. Sure. I would probably choose to run the mile or the 15. There. But I would know going in if we made this trip to Italy what I should run. Because you know know your body pretty well. And if we're training, we kind of understand where we're at. So Mm -hmm. if I completely shock myself in this time trial that we are going to conduct between just ourselves only us two in the race whoever mm-hmm. wants to come and watch be our yeah. guest yeah uh i will determine if the ready track is officially 400 mm-hmm. meters around and not 397 i think that's a good idea i think we do it i wonder how close i could get to Komen's 3k record in Rieti <laughs> if i flew out tomorrow and raced in five days <laughs> Jim, I don't. Yeah, I was gonna say something that you know I didn't want to defend you. I didn't want to. You can offend. You can offend me all you want. I'm just trying to think if if you ran a mile, like could your could your mile be like would it be? Let's see. How close could you get to? Rietti. Or, I mean, how could, excuse me, how would it, would, would it get me top 15 in the Michigan Division Three state meet? Probably not. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I don't know what you're about to look up there, but my answer was no to whatever you were going to ask. I'm going to put in perspective the 7.26.7. Yeah. There was only one sub 7.30 in 2017 mm. oh my who ran that jim 
Quemoy. Okay. Yeah. Was that a Doha? Oh yeah, that was Doha. Yep. Doha guitar. Yeah, because that was a pretty good race, as I recall. It was a good race. Yeah, that was Chalimo ran really well there. Yep. Yeah. Good start to Chalimo season. It wasn't the undefeated season he wanted because he talked about that early in the spring. <laughs> oh yeah, unblemished. Yeah, he wanted to be undefeated, but still a great race. Going to the steeplechase world record now, 7.53.63.2004. It's the second most recent record we're discussing, Mm -hmm. Radisha's 2012.800. The steeple was in Belgium. Saif Shaheen of Qatar, he was a Kenyan-born, or is a Kenyan-born, changed his citizenship in 2003, and not only changed his citizenship, Brinks, but he also <laughs> changed his name. He did. The former Stephen Chirono of Kenya became Saif Saeed Shaheen of Qatar in 2003. So he was yep. Shaheen at the time of this record. It was 04 in Brussels. He was 21. Again, youth. Youth, youth, youth. Yeah. Is a common thread here in these world records. Um, mm-hmm. He was 235 last kilometer. And the man has 10 sub 8 minute steeplechases to his name mm-hmm. for perspective. The American record is not even sub 8. It's by Evan Jagger, just over eight flat. And Shaheen has 10 sub eights in his career. He's a two time world champion. 753.63 brings, we only get like a 48 second video on YouTube yeah, of that's a- the final 400. Yep. You're a steeple guy. Try to give the listeners a broken down explanation of. Not just seven fifty three six three, but a sub eight steeplechase. Sub eight steeple. I just try to think. So we often operate under the the times of D three track runners. So a big goal for a lot of fifteen hundred meter runners and division three athletics is to run sub four for the fifteen hundred. Which is what approximately like four seventeen four eighteen for the mile. Yeah. So, you know, it's impressive that Shaheen ran two back to back for seventeen for eighteen miles. Two back to back sub eight or sub sub four fifteen hundred meters. But then he ran over. He had to run over thirty five three foot hurdles the whole the whole time he was competing and then again he still ran faster than eight minutes you're saying a dozen times so yeah mind you he's jumping over barriers here. yeah so he's running his last lap for his world record was 63.29 and then typically it's like a second per barrier is kind of the standard assumption of so say he runs 58 seconds for his last lap, 58.29 approximately. That's just, that's when you're fast. 
second all time we discussed in the lead up, Kipruto of Kenya. He he was point zero one off tying this record. Yeah. In twenty in twenty eleven at Monaco. Yeah. So that was fairly fresh. That was a good race. And Capruto, Paul Kowicz, who's I think number four all time, and then multiple time world Olympic medalist. Ezekiel Kemboy also in the hunt for that race. It was the three of them kind of going back and forth. Kowicz was in the lead for a little while. I think pretty sure Capruto was in third for much of the race. They were, but I mean, they were single file. Um, but then Capruto just bolts by in the Capruto and Kemboy bolt by with 300 meters to go. Kowicz fades back a little bit. Both 150 to go over the last water jump. Capruto is now pulling away from Kemboy. Kemboy is being caught by Coetch. And then the last 100 meters, Capruto continues to pull away, really like lays it down. And he, this is what I was talking about with guys not leaning. Capruto just runs like very much upright through the line, does not <laughs> lean even a little bit. Yeah, are you kidding me, Kipruto? Just yeah. lean, and you're 7.53.5. And so I had to go back to watch the Shaheen again, see how he finished, and with 40, 50 meters to go, he fist bumps, <laughs> and then he slows down a little bit at the end. So Jeez. if Kipruto leans, he beats 7.53.63. If Shaheen runs straight through, no fanfare, he leans. He might run 753-1 or something. I could see it being. So do what you will with that, but both quite fast. Quite explain, explain to me this, Brinks. How is Kipruto's resume showing me only one sub-8 steeplechase of all time? That's, That's his only sub-8, and he went 753-6-4. That is crazy to me. How old is he? He is... 26 at the time of the race. Okay. 20, almost. He was 25. 26 a week later. Got it. Yeah. Born in 85. Yeah. Ran in 2011. But he's still... I mean, I think he's stepped away maybe now or has not been a factor recently. Mm -hmm. But he has... He has some medals to his name. He does. Yeah. He, along with, you know, in the story tradition of stud Kenyan steeplechasers, he's got six world championship medals to his name. Sheesh. He does silver in Athens 2004, bronze in Helsinki in 2005, gold in Osaka 2007, gold in Beijing 2008. That's an Olympic medal, Olympic gold medal. Then... 2011, silver in Daegu in South Korea, and then 2015, bronze at the World Championships. And then he ran in Rio. Um, wasn't a huge factor there, but he ran in Rio. Yeah. Uh, that's, so a, that's, that's a career. That's a long career. So Longevity. Not, maybe not his... Uh, he ran as fast as he thought he could run. Maybe he didn't attempt to run a ton of fast races. Uh, that's. I don't think that's true. I think he was in a lot of those races. I've heard him in Races against Jaeger and other, you know, fast steeple races. But, sure. you know, a steeple, oh, that's a long steeple career. And steeple, 
takes a big toll on your body with all the with all the jumping and hurdling and speed change and oh yeah uh, you know hips out of position when you're jumping and i mean that's that's a race that you know many just don't have a ton of experience with but the attrition rate for that is is pretty bad and anytime you throw in jumping and hurdling and a big barrier like you know that's all those variables are prime you for injury so you know you see plenty of water jump fails you, you saw well, i think the ugandan runner in rio tripped just before the barrier after early early race congre- congestion and hit his head i mean bad stuff i mean that's a it's a grueling race um clap so, point clap respect, point to Capruto. respect yeah that's a big clap point to Capruto for six world medals but no clap point for not leaning at the line and having to live with this i am 0.01 off the world record mentality for since the time he crossed the line there. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> That's, That's tough. Yeah. That's tough. Now, Shaheen, he, he, he beats the record handily when he runs that in 2004. Mm-hmm. But Bruto knows that record, and he's got a lane, I think. Is the steeplechase the most vulnerable record of the five we've discussed? What's your most vulnerable record? Hmm. Now, I think, like, in theory, Steeple should be maybe the most vulnerable, seeing as, you know, somebody is so close to Shaheen and recently has been close. I mean, you know, 2012 is semi-recent, as we talked about a lot of these records from the 90s, early 2000s. 2011, Paul Kowicz in 2012 runs fast. Uh, You know, you have guys like, and I mean the steeples. I mean it's not a new event for the men necessarily, but I think it's like it's still it's gaining notoriety. I mean people always know about the fifteen and they know about the five k, you know. But I think it's relatively new to the well, even then, not new to the Olympics, but it's still a race where it's not always the country's best athletes competing. Yeah. It. Um, you know, you didn't see Mo Farah say like oh i've won the 5k and the 10k a handful of times i need to go try the steeple now you know mm-hmm. but you got a guy like saif shaheen run the steeple but then he runs a 12 48 in the 5k right? yeah he runs 12 48 in the 5k you know like that's something he's going to try to do but people aren't going to move back onto the steeple um more of a niche event but I also I think the 800 is vulnerable still. I do too. That was my top choice for most yeah. under threat. Yeah, especially because you haven't really seen too many. Like you had Jager maybe a couple years ago. Sorry, Jager. If he hadn't fallen, you see maybe 757, 756. I maybe I mean maybe he cracked like the top 15 all time. Oh. That would have been the fastest time in the year of the year then. Uh, that would have been the fastest time you know, in the last five, six years, five years. I mean, we haven't, we're not 2018 yet. Um, you know, instead, the fastest time in the last five years is Beer Edge, which, yeah, same day. I mean, Jager would have run faster than that, but that's Beer Edge, 27th fastest all time, 758, 8-3, same day that... Um, 
Jager falls. So, yeah. Um, so I think I think Steeple is not too vulnerable yet. I think it's going to take a lot for somebody to run seven fifty three five or seven fifty two. You know, I think that's going to take a while. But I think eight hundred is vulnerable. Again, that's I mean one forty one like sub one forty one is incredible. Only one person's on it ever. But I could see it going down. My reasoning for the eight hundred being vulnerable is Wade Van Niekirk. And it's uh, not because of I'm picking him to break it by any means, but seeing Van Niekirk break Michael Johnson's four hundred meter record at Rio. Yeah. yeah. The forty three one eight that MJ posted in the nineties tracks mm-hmm. MJ, Michael Johnson. Yeah. Well, he's Every- not the MJ of track. That's <laughs> Michael Jordan from He's running now. Yes, that's right. <laughs> Tracks MJ, come on, Michael Johnson. Yeah, yeah. His, his 4318, I, every time I peruse record boards and lists online, I just thought that was going to be there forever. And sure. then Van Niekirk, the youngster, South African, Rio, goes 4303. And I remember watching it on the live stream on my computer, and I just... Yeah. The jaw drops, and you think that forty three one eight. You know, you, the chills, the hair stand up, whatever. Yeah, you go nuts. But for some reason, that forty three oh three inching even closer to sub forty three in the four hundred. Yeah. I don't know why, Tita, but like that, Van Niekirk, Rio four hundred makes me think that this eight hundred mm-hmm. is under threat. Not, yeah, maybe not in this year coming year but like the next record of these five to fall i think is the 800 just because i can see that kind of like eye-popping performance in a shorter distance race and that's the 800 is the shortest we're discussing today obviously i just feel like if it's not rudisha if it's one of these the youngsters from london 17 18 year olds who have a comeback or who have a super healthy year and just having Murphy on the American side and a few other promising state yeah. side guys. Yeah. For some reason, this one forty ninety one better mm-hmm. strap in and hold on for dear life. Yeah. I agree. There's just I... something about that speed of Van Niekirk and I know there's talk yeah. of him bumping up to 800 and they'll be really curious to see what he can run for a half mile. Yep. Um, had some injury problems last year, year and a half, mm-hmm. but still, I just think, and you said it only one guy, Rudisha has gone sub 141, but yeah. because it's high 140, you know, I can see a 140.8 happening and that takes it down. Yeah. Totally. For some reason, my gut's just telling me that 800 is going to be the next yeah. fall. And, when you have, I mean, I, it's ironic because you think of like, you go all the way to the other end of the spectrum with a the marathon, there's just so much more room to take off the record because you just got to gain, you know, 10 seconds or whatever if, you know, because multiple guys have run like low 203 and then you got to run 202. What is it, Jim? What's the marathon record? 202.57. Yeah. So you got to take off eight seconds to break the world record there. Mm-hmm. And you, you, I mean, 
obviously crazy hard, but finding eight seconds over the course of 26 miles, a little bit easier than to find even two, like half a second in the 800. But still, I think when you get that many, when, again, we talked about high stakes races like the Olympic Games, Rudisha breaks it in London, breaks the record in London, turns out to be one of the fastest 800s ever. You get more of the fast, of like, personal best at least in the 800 at rio and the 800 just isn't as you have to go through yeah i think i think 800 is vulnerable i think you got guys like once you get a knee kirk in there if he transitions you know a, a guy like knee kirk has inspired people from all around the world in the 400 and the 200 you know and attempting to run to, to win the four and the two this year the world championships mm-hmm you know, once people start to believe that they can do those things, then that inspires a new group of people. Even if Nikirk doesn't do it, he's now inspired other other young athletes to attempt the same sort of feats. And that's when something like the 800 can go down, I think. When you get a whole bunch of guys, or even, you know, one guy leading the crusade, enough guys follow him, and then, you know, big things can happen. I think 50.4 average 400 for the 8 is doable and that's crazy fast it's world record fast but i i do feel that that you know radisha did average just under Mm 50.5 that'd be 141 flat yeah i think you know that Mm 140.8 is is on the horizon not in the next year maybe not in the next two years but it's on the horizon it's lurking i think 140.8 is done before, ooh, I was going to say before the Tokyo 2020 games. Ooh, that's bold. That is bold. Yeah. Why not be bold? I think, I think, okay. oh man, Radisha's so good though. <laughs> He's got 11 of the 18 fastest 800s ever. It, it's going to take, again, like one of those no way performances. Like Van Niekerk, no one was saying he's going to break MJ's. 400 meter record so i think it's gonna be a race like that and for some reason it's telling me that that my conscious is telling me it's 800 that's gonna have that next race where it's yeah i I mean i don't think it's radisha though you know i right i don't think it is i wish it would be i mean i love radisha but you know the fastest time he's running the last five years is is rio when he wins but he runs 142.15 i mean that's nowhere close to the world Nowhere close as his time in London. And, you know, he won that race significantly over McLuffy, who ran 142.61. But, we yeah. Do, we do have an open year here, 2018, meaning there are no world championships, no yeah. Olympic Games. And it's kind of a known thing that, professional runners these track athletes go after quicker times in these open years you might even call it a dead year when there's no world stage meet so 2018 no world championships no olympics and Mm -hmm. it could be a year for quick times but even quick times doesn't mean world records by any means and uh we'll see what 2018 holds i know we're excited about it brinks any final words on 800, 1500 mile, 3K, steeple, world records? 
men's outdoor? You know, I admire Johnny Gray that he is such, you know, he's got such a legacy. He's got a fantastic American record, but he set that in 1985. And I really really got to think that somebody can break that mm-hmm. in the next couple of years. Doesn't have to be, doesn't have, the American guy doesn't have to set the world record, but I would love to see an American record in the next one or two years, whether it's Murphy or another young gun in, in the eight, you know, I don't, I don't know who else would it be besides Murphy right now. Um, you know, it doesn't seem like anybody else is really in contention for it. You know, Solomon and Simmons both retiring. Uh, well, I mean, Brazier, Donovan Brazier. Yep. That would be definitely. I, I I think that is where you see the American record broken. Is yeah. Brazier and against Murphy at some point in the next couple of years, and give them the right conditions. Maybe put them in an international field. You know, it doesn't have to be the two of them going for the American record on American soil. But if you put them in a race, either with Rudisha or with McLuffy or with like Pierre Ambrose Bos from France. Mm-hmm. Um, Amos, I mean, that would be a fun race. You get some of the uh, OTC guys, you get Brazier, and you get Murphy. That would be a fun race. Absolutely. Basically, all Nike guys. I mean, that could be, I mean, yeah. I think that's where you see the American record broken. And I think Johnny Gray's had it long enough. It's overdue. Proud of Johnny Gray for holding on. He ran such a, a fantastic time in the 80s, 142.6. Yeah. But I think. Somebody new has got to have it. Yeah. That's like. He's going to have that for 33 years if no one does yeah. it this year. It's, yeah. That's incredible, for sure. And I mean, I, I haven't spoken to Johnny Gray. I haven't heard any commentary by him. I mean, he was almost ex- he was the coach of Dwayne Solomon, so he was kind of yeah. expecting Solomon to do it for a time. Solomon could never do it. I don't anticipate Solomon doing it at this stage in his career, but I think Gray would be eager for a new a new stud to, to nab his record. I, I can't imagine that he maybe thought that he would have it for 33 years. No. I could be wrong, but that's, you know, few people anticipate having a record for 30, for three decades plus, you know? Sure. So, excited to see who's going to be the one to, to break that. I think mm-hmm. we'll see and it'll be done. Yeah, I think the, the 3K and the mile for me, are the safest of these five. Yeah, yeah. Because Kiprop's 326 high scared mm-hmm. me a bit for the 1500. Yeah. Steeple, I just, again, if Jagger doesn't fall Paris 2015, it could be a 356. Then you got the slew of East Africans who are mm-hmm. going to continue to be at the top of the steeple world. Yeah. And then... uh Cessless Caprudo would want... yeah. Cess- He's, Reddit, you know, he's what, Reddit. 22 years old? Yeah, he's young. Great career ahead of him. If he's anything like Ken Boy, I think few people are like Ken Boy, but if he, if he lasts even half as long as Ken, Ken Boy or Caputo, Brim and Caputo's uh, long careers in the steeple have lasted, then I think Conceslus has a good shot at it. If only our families took us to Rome in 98, we could have put more butts in the seats for that El Garouge 1500 world record. 
And even if both of our full families and extended families were there, there'd still be like 40,000 open seats, but <laughs> still brings, even if we weren't even aware of what was going on, it would have been cool to say, Hey, we were there yeah, as, what, as two of the 18 people in attendance for El Garouge's 326 flat. I know. <laughs> That would have been worth it. Thanks again for listening to Hooray Run Podcast, episode 14. Much appreciation to Ty for joining me on the line, taking the time to talk world records. Shout out to Molly Huddle for breaking the women's American record in the half marathon in Houston. She took down Dina Castor's 2006 record of 67.34 lowered the American record to 67.25 on January 14th in Houston. Congrats, Molly. Hooray Run Podcast. It's on SoundCloud. It's on iTunes. The podcast app on iPhone. It's on Stitcher. Tell a friend. Recommend. Leave a review. Email the podcast at podcast at hoorayrun.com. Thanks again for the listen.